Welcome to the radio broadcast of Pineview Baptist Church, a growing community of faith in the Belfast community of Goldsboro. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro. We invite you to find out more about our congregation by visiting us at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. Join us now for our weekly message. So again, I ask, come Holy Spirit, be our teacher and help me to glorify and to preach the name of Jesus and to lift him up. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, today our reading will be from Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. I'd encourage you to turn there in your Bibles. And uh, I've titled my sermon, Idols. What idols? And uh, today it's the, the second Sunday of the new year. How are you doing on your New Year's resolutions? Have you made any yet? Um, my prayer today is that somehow I can again uh, encourage you um, to challenge you and to edify you as believers in Christ Jesus. And Pastor West said that I could preach on anything I wanted uh, as long as it wasn't First Peter. Uh, he's uh, possibly planning on doing a new series soon on First Peter. So um, the passage today is going to be out of Exodus in the Ten Commandments, chapters, uh, chapter 20, <clears throat> verses <clears throat> 1 through 6, pardon me. Exodus chapter 20 says, And God spoke all of these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, and you shall have no other gods before me. Verse 4, You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. And you shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousand, to those who love me and who keep my commandments. May God add a blessing to the reading and hearing and preaching of his word. So our main focus today will be that of idols. Now, before you say, well, I, I don't have any idols in my life, or you don't think that idols are important, or you think that idols are just kind of little carved statues, uh, let me challenge you to think about for a moment uh, some idols that you might have in your own life. Because if we compare Exodus 20 in the light of Scripture of the New Testament, Paul goes on to tell us in Colossians 3.5 to put to death members which are on the earth. And thankfully, Paul will go on and actually describe what those sins are, not just our physical members, but fornication and uncleanliness and passion and evil desires and covetousness, which is idolatry. And it says, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. 
in which you used to walk in these, you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Now, we've got some, some friends that live in Pennsylvania, and we were able to go visit them uh, just before uh, Christmas time. And they have a, a set of triplets that are, that are homeschooled, and one of them loves to debate. <laughs> and in fact, he's pretty gifted at it. And one thing that he likes to do in the debate is to make sure that the other person defines their terms. And frankly, this is so important if you're going to have any kind of communication with someone is that you define your terms. Because if not, you can become extremely frustrated in any circumstance that comes up. Because the word says that our speech is to be gracious. It's to be seasoned with salt so that we can answer everyone. Because as Christians, if we just say you need to confess, you need to repent, and you need to believe, people don't understand anymore. And so it's so important to define our terms. And so what is an idol? Well, I would like to dare you to think that an idol is anything that takes our focus and attention away from Jesus. And so I think this is simple, and yet I think this is also very profound. Anything that takes our focus and attention away from Jesus. And this brings me to my first point, is that anything can become an idol. Anything can become an idol. And I think this is important in God's eyes that it's not just the focus of one or two of the commandments, but I would say it's a focus of all ten of the commandments which warn us in some way or another about things or that take our attention and focus away from God. So they're, they're warnings and they're commands. And often, I don't think we hear enough preaching from the Old Testament. Many of us hear of sermons about, about grace and forgiveness, and those are things that we certainly need to hear, and that need to be proclaimed, and need to be preached. But we also know, we need to know why and what we need to be saved from. Because R.C. Sproul would say that we have committed cosmic treason against the Almighty. So in Exodus 20 here, it says, God spoke. Now, I don't know about you, but oh, how I would love to hear the audible voice of God. Oh, for God to speak. And we do hear him speak. We hear him speak through his word. We hear him speak through his Holy Spirit. We hear him speak through his church, the body of Christ. Hebrews 1.1 says that on many past occasions, in many different ways, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets. But it's in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom is to be heir of all things, by whom he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So listen, church, God still speaks. 
and anything can become an idol. Secondly, here in Exodus 20, we see that God is the deliverer and he's the deliverer of idols. He is our salvation. We just sang it not too long ago. And I love what Isaiah 12, 2 says. It says, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation, just like we sang. God is our salvation. And I've told you before that the Hebrew word for salvation, when translated, means Yeshua. And translated into English, it means Jesus. And so anytime that we see the word salvation in the Old Testament, we can basically substitute or transliterate that to the word Jesus. And so this can become extremely helpful when we're reading the Old Testament and we're trying to see Christ in the Old Testament or in the Psalms or any other part of the Bible. But back to Exodus 20, it says God is the one who saves. God is the one that redeems. God is the one that makes the rules. And the number one rule is thou shall have no other gods, small g, before me. In the John MacArthur Study Bible, it says that all false gods stand in opposition to the true God, and the worship of them is incompatible with the worship of Yahweh. And when Israel departed the worship of the one and only true God, she plunged into religious confusion. And so just like back in the, in the book of Judges, when they worshipped idols, people ended up doing what was right in their own eyes. Well, some would say, well, well what's wrong with that? Everyone has a conscience, right? We're, we're all naturally good people, right? Well, the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the heart is deceitful above all things, and it is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? But is the Lord that searches the heart and tests the mind. If you still have your Bibles, keep them there in Exodus 20 and turn over to 1 Corinthians 8 real quickly. And we'll see a little bit of uh, Paul speaking about idols. 1 Corinthians 8, picking up at verse 4, Paul says, We know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are so many small gods and lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, whom all things came from and whom we exist. There is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we exist. There's only one true God, and there's only one name that is given by which we must be saved by, and it is at the name of Jesus that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So anything that takes our attention and focus off of God and our Savior is an abomination, and it's an affront to our Maker. 
Tim Keller in his book, Counterfeit Gods, he answers what an idol is in this way. He says, an idol is anything more important to you than God, anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God, and anything that you seek to give what only God can give. And so this brings me to a subpoint that many good things can be churned into idols. Many good things can be churned into an idol. James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift is from the Father. But what happens? We, just like Romans 1.1, we exchange the truth for a lie. And so we think of things like, like jobs or a career, which is a good gift from God. We all need to work. We all need to provide for our needs. But when that job makes you work constantly and makes you miss the gathering of believers, well, maybe it's an idol. Maybe it, work makes you so tired that when you get home, you just want to sit back and chill and watch TV and a movie. I get it. But if you're so tired that you're neglecting your family, maybe you have some idols in your life. Maybe retirement was an idol for you. Maybe it's good health. Maybe it's a, a perfect mate for a child or a grandchild. Let me tell you, we're, we're all sinful. And there is no perfect mate. But you can, you can pray for your children and for your grandchildren. Back to Exodus 20, verse 5, it says that the Lord God is a jealous God. Now, isn't jealousy a bad thing? Well, actually, it's a, it's a godly trait. And when a man gets angry because someone else is trying to steal the affection and the heart of his wife, jealousy and righteous anger are pictures that show up with a God that desires and yearns and fights for us. And he wants to be in relationship with us. He longs for us. But idols, they, they try to steal and they try to woo our attentions away from him. And so, for example, God has given us marriage as a, a sacred union between a man and a woman. A covenant union. Not one of superiority, but one of completeness. Of equality in God's eyes. And yet given different roles. But men, what, what do we do? We exchange that, that beauty that God has given to us for a lie. And men can be easily wooed and by advertisements about what a, what a woman should look like. Or the Bible says that men were to rejoice in the wife of our youth. The word says here in Exodus 25 that, that God shows mercy to thousands of those who love and keep his commandments. And Jesus picks right up up this in, in John 14, 15, where he says the same thing. He says that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, guess what? We can't do it perfectly. And so we have something that Old Testament saints never had. We have the permanent 
indwelt Holy Spirit that convicts us and helps us to recognize the idols that we have that are robbing Jesus of his glory in our lives. And so some, some practical applications, some, some takeaways. How do we, how do we stop uh, idol worship in our own lives? Well, first, you, you have to recognize that you do have idols in your life. And uh, a while ago, I'm, I think I had a, uh, an issue with video games. Now, you may not struggle with that. Maybe you don't have that problem. Maybe your problem's Facebook or, or media. Maybe it's the need for approval. Maybe it's covetousness or, or pride in trying to keep up with the Joneses or the Smiths or whoever. Maybe, maybe you worship the God of self or the God of money or you have a need to have stuff. Give it to enjoy. Um, maybe it's pride. Maybe it's ego. Too often I hear people say, well, you, you don't need to go to church to be a Christian. And you're right. You don't need to, to come to church to be a, a, a Christian. And, and coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. Neither does being in a garage make you a car. But we're called not to forsake the gathering of believers. Why do you think God commanded us to take a day of rest? It was so that we could reset and that we could focus on him and not to forsake the gathering of the saints. So we need to recognize that we might have idols in our lives. And once we recognize that we have an idol in our life, we need to, to restart. Now, one way to restart is, can you not do it for 30 days? Can you fast from it for 30 days? Now, if you think like you're, uh, you can't idolize your, your kids or your spouse, I mean, you can, but sometimes you can't separate from them. If you can't fast from a recognized idol, then sacrifice it back to the Lord. Say, Lord, this seems to be taking my affection away from you, but I thank you for every good and perfect gift, and I commit this back to you. And so that's a, a way to restart. Second, to determine if something's an idol. Ask if it's something that you feel you must do. If you'd sin or if you'd lie to do something, if you would uh, want it instead of spending time with God, oh, I... I hate to tell you this, but it might be an idol. And we must replace idols with things that are actually glorifying to the Lord. And the biggest idols are not idols that are made of wood and stone, but are things that control our time and our mind. Let me say that again. The biggest idols are not idols that are made of wood and stone, but are things that take control of our time and our minds. So one of the, the most important tools you can do to help eliminate idols is, is using scripture. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And not, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. And a good way to transform your mind is to be reading and praying scripture. 2 Corinthians 2.15, I've shared this with you verse many times. It says to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ Jesus. So when you're triggered to go back to an idol, and trust me, you will be, your arsenal needs to be bigger and better than yourself because you can't fight an idol in your own strength. And you might have to say over and over and over, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Or I take that thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And in Hebrews 4.12, it says that the word of God is living and it's active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces even to the dividing of soul and spirit. And so the word of God can be a weapon and it can be used to help eliminate idols. So we need to recognize that we have an idol. We need to, to restart or fast from an idol. But we need, to, we need to read our Bible. We've got to make sure that we know our Bibles. And we need to be in the house of God. We need to go to church. And finally, we need to, if you have to, repeat the cycle over and over again. Let me close with a, a few questions. What if this was the last year of your life? Would something change? Would anything change? Or would we just keep doing what we've always been doing? Or would you want your last year on this world to be the best year of drawing closer to God and living a life well-lived for him. Have you made a commitment to the Lord? Have you given your life to him? Have you confessed him as Lord and repented of your sins? And if you have, then honor him in your life. We all need to once again return to the fundamentals of faith because there's so many things that are out there. There's so many false teachings that are flying in the face over simple things that used to be so fundamental to the church. Things like faith and obedience and love and repentance. Now, God might be tugging at your heart, saying, you haven't let me have control over that area of your life. The word of God says Jesus calls us to come to him, to all who labor and are heavy laden, because he gives an open invitation to learn from him, because he is gentle and he is lowly. And he gives rest to our souls. And we can't do it on ourselves. And God knows this. And this is why he not only sent Jesus, but he also sent his Holy Spirit. And so when we come to Jesus, he sustains us. He helps give us what's basically a clean slate, so to speak, and to overcome. 
And Jesus said, we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And when we love the Lord, and when we love others with everything in our hearts, there's no room for idolatry. So we need to recognize, we need to restart, we need to read our Bibles, and we need to repeat if necessary. We need to destroy the false gods in our life. We need to seek the Lord. We need to confess him as our sovereign, as our king, as our ultimate treasure. We need to obey him by confession to the Lord. And we need to walk in his law and in his precepts. Because he gives a promise. He gives us a promise that he who overcomes will be given to eat from the tree of life. And this is the greatest truth, is that we never have to do it alone because Jesus Christ has overcome for us. Will you pray with me? Oh, dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, again, I thank you for who you are and I thank you that you have spoken to me today about idols and that we need to recognize them that we need to confess you as Lord, that we need to come back to fundamentals like faith and repentance and, and love. Father, I thank you that you have sent your son to pay the penalty for our sin. And Lord, as we close out our service with a, with a closing hymn, pray that you would continue to speak to us and help us to confess you as Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pineview gathers for worship each Sunday beginning at 9.30 a.m. for morning prayer. Sunday school classes for all ages begin at 9.45, followed by our worship gathering at 11 a.m. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro, North Carolina. We are a Southern Baptist congregation dedicated to expository preaching and biblical worship. We invite you to join us next Sunday. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services.